You are now listening to the Socks and Sandals podcast. Every time an independent, a truly independent source goes into the Portland Place Bureau, we find chaos. Just one of the people like just told to my managers who like had fired me, they were like, yeah, did you see Tevin's video was on Complex? And he was like, man, dog, they sick, man. Yada, yada. And I was just like, I was laughing because it was just like, you know, bro, like, you know, God, God always got a plan. Moment, I thought, you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna sit here in the middle of this aisle in Target and talk to her and break down what is going on and why she believes that these white Barbie dolls are more valuable or should come home with us over these brown and black Barbie dolls. The Egyptian creation story is a very sexual one mm-hmm. and it talks of the god creating himself through a sexual act with himself. So it's a masturbatory big bang. Like, I never even hire coaches when I establish a program. I always hire mentors first. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because a mentor gets the big picture. Coach might just get basketball. I want somebody that under X's and I want somebody that's about whole life. I'm not the only podcaster out there. You're not the only marketer out there. Like, there's a lot of people doing the same things. But the things that's going to separate you and I from the rest of the people is that we become our best selves and we just don't quit. So what is the gospel? What is the pure, unadulterated yes, gospel? Yes, yes, and that is what I live by, because the moment this changes is the moment I'm leaving Christianity. Okay. The pure, unadulterated gospel, and I can say it in one sentence, but I'll elaborate. For sure. Is love God and do whatever the fuck you want. Blessings. I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy Emmanuel. I'm back in the building, in the kitchen, whipping it up, so to speak. This episode is brought to you by Camp Elso. Now, Camp Elso has some good things going on, y'all. They are hiring. Yes, the economy is in shambles right now. But there is a black nonprofit that is hiring. So Camp Elso is hiring for its first program director. They're looking for an experienced, outstanding leader to take the helm for their Wayfinders summer program. And not only that, they also are hiring a part time garden educator to work in their children's learning and heritage garden in the New Columbia part of Seeds of Harmony, a village gardens program. So if you are that person that is uh, looking for a job and looking to work in this capacity with children, um, black and brown children, and or you know someone that is looking to work in this capacity and has a heart for this, reach out to the executive director, Sprinavasa at campelso.org, S-P-R-I-N-A-V-A-S-A at campelso.org. All right. And tell them that Socks and Sandals sent you. What's good, everybody? Peace and blessings once again. 
it's your guy Emmanuel back in the kitchen whipping it up and before I get into the main topic of today's podcast I got a big announcement if you have not been following me on the socials um we are going to do our first live private socks and sandals podcast i've done a live show downtown uh, at the library um i've done a uh, a joint venture with the green line series with camp elso which you just heard about um but this is the first live private socks and sandals it'll be held via zoom and um you know this came from you know all the events that have been going on that have been taking place you know the culmination of you know Ahmad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd and I've been having a lot of conversations a lot of texts a lot of calls a lot of DMs um and then you know a lot of a lot of non-black my non-black associates reaching out and um, wanting to have conversations and asking questions and it got kind of overwhelming and I was talking to my guy uh knee man knee just he just dropped it in my mind he was like yo you just need to do a zoom just do a Q&A and people can and you can talk to everybody at once man and I was like oh man of course <laughs> why why wouldn't I do that it makes so much sense and so shout out to knee for uh for for suggesting that and so that's what i'm gonna do man june 11th thursday 6 30 p.m pacific the, the name of the event is titled first and foremost so it's basically a uh a group q a town hall discussion on the present racial climate uh police brutality racism in america all those all those things and you know if you've been here since the beginning or if you're new to socks and sandals you know the podcast was founded on the notion of unapologetic expression and having dialogues on topics that pertain to society, culture, history, and religion uh, with an, with an emphasis on black culture and American history. So in this meeting, uh, my plan is to bring together some of the brightest minds that I know in order to create a space of constructive dialogue. I want everyone to be able to feel free to share ideas, ask questions in a judgment-free zone and like questions and ideas that you have that you feel like you don't want to share on social media and you may not even want to share with certain friends and certain family members because this is a hypersensitive time and you don't want to come across as not understanding or insensitive or, you know, it's just, it's sometimes it's, it's tough to have an opinion that is outside of what you know is generally acceptable. Um, and we all have a lot of opinions um, that may differ from what the national consistent consensus discourse is right now. And so, yeah, man, that's what this thing is all about is private. Uh, you know, it's this will not be released on all the platforms as far as like the audio will not be released. I was thinking of doing that, but I will I'll release like little clips here and there. But for the most part, I want to protect everybody's thoughts and ideas. And I want this to be truly a safe space 
And this is only for us, only for those that are participating. And so, um, yeah, man, like this is this is just going to be a private event. And so if you want to be a part of it, email me. Uh, Socks and Sandals podcast at Gmail dot com spelled out S-O-X-A-N-D-S-A-N-D-A-L-S podcast at gmail.com if you don't already follow me on the socials do so on instagram socks and sandals podcast on twitter search socks and sandals podcast or you can do at s x s n d l s sierra x-ray sierra november delta lima sierra so yeah just tap in with me and i'll send you the link <clears throat> i've already reached out to a lot of folks privately just folks that i've already been talking to and, and that that i engage with heavily around these these topics and and things of that nature but also man i, I want to open it up a little bit so uh anyone that's listening right now if you want to be a part of this conversation you want to tap in if you have time to tap in june 11th that's this upcoming thursday 6 30 p.m pacific it'll go for like maybe 90 minutes to two hours just depends on how the flow of the conversation is going tap in with me send that email and you can be a part of this all right hope to see y'all there i can't wait to see y'all there man i'm looking forward to it So there are a few things I want to touch on this week And um, I was heavily inspired by The amazing conversations that are taking place on the Joe Button Podcast Shout out to Joe, Maul, Rory, and Parks Um, They're really handling this very well To, you know, just basically taking the information, processing it on the spot And they bring up a lot of good points and ask a lot of good questions. And um, the first clip that I'm going to play is from episode 349. So this was a week ago, I think. Yeah, last Wednesday or something. Last, yeah, last Wednesday. And so um, if you don't know what white supremacy is and how it works, everything else that you do know will only confuse you that is a quote directly from neely fuller jr the author of the united independent compensatory code system concept and you know this book was the inspiration one of you know it's basically a large inspiration for francis crest welsing and her work that she's done Uh, she is the author of the isis papers but once again, and I might not have said it right the first time, but basically what Nelly Fuller says, what he opens his book is if you do not understand white supremacy, which is racism, if you do not understand white supremacy, what it is and how it works, everything else that you understand will only confuse you. So first things first, I'm going to play a clip of what Maul has said he brought up a very valid point, very great question. So let's get into it. Right. Yeah. No, you're on my. I'm t- I can't. What are you doing? 
I'm dying. I am about to die. This nigga said a whole paragraph. Right. The, you know the part I don't understand, Joe, is that he, I, I, it's as simple as he was already handcuffed. Right. Like, how much of, of a threat is somebody that's handcuffed? You got three, video, three officers there, with weapons. I just don't and understand. There are angles that we're not seeing. So once again, he's not a threat. He's already handcuffed. How much of a threat can someone be if you're handcuffed? Yes, that is logical. You know, that question that he raises and that many people raise. Why are they doing this? If they think he's a threat, why? He's already handcuffed. He's already on his face. He can't hurt anyone. They say that they're trying to eliminate threats and they're trying to subdue the person. Why? Yes. But you're, you're thinking rationally towards an irrational situation. There's nothing rational about white supremacy and racism. And when you hear someone try to rationally give a reason why things are happening disproportionately, why injustice is being carried out, it's a lie. They're covering up their true motives of really it's it's insecurity, but those that are insecure project a sense of superiority. And that's what you know, the spirit of racism is, that's what the system of white supremacy is. And at a, at a base level, um, it's a, it's a means of survival and it's survival and white supremacy and racism is a survival tactic, which basically, um, the way that it, the way that it plays out is, to dominate and control, subjugate, exploit, exterminate non-white people. And their primary domination tactic is through, or tactics are through deceit and direct violence. And so the deception is they tell you they tell you, oh, I feared for my life or, oh, no, I was just trying to subdue the person because they were resisting. That's what they tell you. I hear what you say, but I see what you do. And that's why everyone is in the uproar at this point in time, as they should be, because they continue to see the lies, see the hypocrisy. And that's all white supremacy is, is deceit is deceit and direct violence. You have a population of the world that is a minority of the global population and you have the minority ruling the majority. Most people in the world have melanin in their skin. Less than 20% of the world's population has no melanin. That would be the white group politically. Yet, the minority is ruling the majority. And that's what we're seeing with the police. You have a few, just a handful of people in comparison to the overall population. You have the minority ruling the majority of people. You have thousands of people running from a couple hundred police officers that are armed in riot gear and flashbangs and tear gas and all that stuff. 
shooting rubber bullets and real bullets. You have a minority ruling the majority. They tell you they're there to protect and serve. And that's all deception. If they were there to protect and serve, then when when the pandemic was at its height, then all this, this you know, curfew, eight o'clock curfew being enforced physically that if they were to protect, if they were out here trying to protect and serve the people and save lives in that manner, then you would have had police out here. You would have been they would have been shutting down roads, inhibiting travel, all of that stuff. But they if if that was the case. But then when property is damaged, when corporations are losing money, that's when you see the police coming out, shutting people down, arresting people for, you know, unlawful assembly and things of that nature. March, basically martial law, bringing the National Guard out. So they're there to protect and serve business owners, property owners. Not to protect and serve citizens. But that's what that's what white supremacy is, is is deceit. And it's it exists to subjugate and exploit you. The Western world is all about that. We all know America was founded on slave labor. And exploitation and now that exploitation has been exported around the world and um and commercialized and corporations all around the world are exploiting people in so-called third world countries paying them pennies because they don't even want to pay their own citizens you know a decent wage but that's neither here nor there but yeah ma you're coming at it very rationally but we have to understand what white supremacy is and how it works because everything else is just going to confuse us because we're literally going to take face value the words that are coming out of these people's mouths. But if we don't understand that they're upholding a system that is built on injustice. Like this system is built on injustice, white supremacy, justice cannot exist in a racist society. Racism is all about injustice. Racism is depriving people of whatever whatever the laws that are that are that are written down, whatever standards written or unwritten standards, they're going to be double standards for those that have melanin in their skin. And the darker you are, the more eligible you are and you're you're more likely of a target to be mistreated that's racism that's white supremacy and so there will be no justice as long as white supremacy exists period lack power power to affect elections uh we lack capital like we lack a lot so plus that, time that's why we're mishandled that's why we're just discarded and just but i don't believe that joe i don't believe we lack capital i don't believe we lack power like i because we we are the most we spend the most in this country we spend the most money we are the biggest consumers in this country 
So therefore, we have money. I just we lack coming together. We lack all being on one page and having one goal. And I think that's the problem. Like we don't lack power. We are we we have power. We have people that have power. We have people that have money. So it's like there's something else that we're not doing. We lack power. We lack capital. Joe says. And then Maul rebuts that. Now nah, we have power. We have money. We're some of the biggest spenders in this country, which makes us some of the biggest spenders in the world. So money is not an issue. We lack coming together. They're both correct. <laughs> both statements are true. It just depends on how you look at it. So let's start with Joe. We lack power. We lack capital. I like that he said capital. I'll start with the capital part. We lack as a as black folks in America, non-white people in America. We lack assets. Because when Maul says we have money, I mean, money is money is debt. Money is debt. So, yeah, you might have money, but what does that even mean? Yeah, we might we might spend one point two trillion dollars per year. Yeah, our so-called buying power. But how much of that money is ours? A lot of that is financed, if we be honest. Because there is a report that's been put out and it talks about the net worth of black families. Um, and it was as of 2013, the average net worth for black families was about $1,300. And so basically a lot of folks are in debt. We already know a lot of folks are in poverty. And if you only have money, if you only have cash, if you only have income, but no property, like no assets, no real estate. You're broke, especially if the economy tanks and, and your money is worth nothing. I mean, who, who cares if you have money, if you don't have, you know, houses or if you still have to pay bills. But if you let's say you have a house paid off, you have your cars paid off, you don't have any assets. If you have assets, then you don't necessarily need money. If you ha if you can grow your own food and you don't have to go to the store, you see what I'm saying? And so. And so. I hear what Maul is saying, and I like what Joe is saying. We lack capital, and that's a fact. The median income, median net worth for a black family is at in 2013, it was around, you know, uh, 1200 And they say they project the median net worth, our median net worth for black folks in America to be at zero by 2053. Uh, or no, it was a 2042. Either way, we're on a fast track to zero. And then the median net worth for white families in America in 2013 was about um, 118,000, I want to say. It was 110, 112, 118, something like that. And it's trending up. So it's trending up for white families, trending down for um, 
black families and Hispanic and or Latino families. Um, and so we lack influence. We lack power. We lack money. And so the power. So Joe says we lack power. And, and it, it depends on what type of power are you talking about? Now, in my coaching program, I talk about the global stones of or the, the infinity stones of global supremacy. And so it's a take on the infinity stones when it comes to Marvel. So you have the time stone, the power stone, the mind stone, reality, soul. What am I missing? Uh, let's see. I'm missing one. Oh, the space, space stone. So space, mind, time, reality, power, and soul. Now, the way that I say, it, the way that I see it, is that the power stone relates to the activities of law and war. So this is how I see it. So when it comes to war and the way that that's way that it's waged, whether a cold war or let's talk about a, a physical war. Black folks in America, the only semblance of a military presence that we have is the FOI, the fruit of Islam, which is the military branch of the nation of Islam. But they're primarily protecting themselves and their organization. And that's a beautiful thing. But outside of that, we don't have our own military system. Um, and we don't necessarily have a large enough group syndicate of militias to go around and protect us. Now, if our gangs that kill each other and shoot each other and war with each other, if they got organized and became militias and fought white supremacy at the same measure as they fight each other, then we would have some power. That's power. But until that happens or something else happens, some other organized form of armed resistance. Yeah, Joe, I agree with you. We don't have power. And also an, another part of that power stone, uh, part of these infinity stones of global supremacy would be law. And when it comes to the judicial system, when it comes to laws in America, we don't create the laws, nor do we enforce the laws. And the law is only as good as the person who enforces it, because I mean, there's a lot of laws that are supposed to protect us. There's a, a lot of things that are supposed to be illegal when it comes to police force, use of force and so on and so forth. But it's vague and it all comes down to who's going to enforce it. And we don't write the laws. And even if we did write the laws, if we don't enforce the laws, that means we are at the mercy of. Of, of the enforcer and the enforcers enforcers of the laws have been our oppressor since we've been here and even if it is someone 
that is non-white. They answer to someone that is white and is a, a suspected white supremacist. And so therefore, we do not have power according to that. So I agree with you, Joe. Now, Maul, when he says, no, nah, we have power. We got money. I know what he's saying. I know exactly what Maul is saying. We have influence. The black collective in America, we have influence. When it comes to entertainment, sports, social media, everyone listens to us. You see, y'all seen the Google commercial. We are the most Googled everything, every category of whatever. It's a black person that's at the top of that list. We are the most Googled, most sought after, most appropriated people. We created a genre of music and hip hop, and that's the number one global export coming from America, coming from a, a very small portion, small population within this country. But that's our resource. That's our power. That's our influence. But unfortunately, that power, that energy, that expertise, that ingenuity is owned and controlled by our oppressors. And that money that we spend, we're borrowing that time and time again. And we spend that money with our oppressors primarily. We love European fashion. We love the thought of um, potentially assimilating and, and being respected by white people. We love showing them I can do what you do. We love comparison. Oh, I'm the I'm the black such and such or I'm the black blah, blah, blah. Oh, this is the black Beverly Hills. Oh, I'm going to be the first black to do. We love comparing comparing ourselves to the Europeans, i.e. white people. And we spend a lot of money to look like them and to impress them. Or we spend a lot of money to impress others by showing, yo, I got a foreign whip. I live in the I look look at my house. Yeah, I, I live in the white folks neighborhood. Yeah, we see out here now, nah, yeah, this this how we do it. Oh yeah, I got I got that Louis Belt Louis Belt though. Oh I got that new Givenchy dress. Oh uh, you ain't on this Fendi. Oh nah bro, this 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 suit Tom Ford. We proud of that. That's success. That's high fashion. Oh yeah, you would. Oh, oh, you weren't at the Met Gala. Oh, okay, all right. What? Yeah, yeah. This, you weren't at the Met though. All right. Oh, J and B did a video in the Louvre. Mmm. We love Europe, and so we make all this money, and we give it right back to the folks 
that will willingly oppress us with a smile on their face. And then we stay in debt. Yeah, we got money, but think about all the people that have the most money when it comes to the black community. It's athletes and entertainers. And what happens when athletes and entertainers get on? They take care of their family. They take care of their friends. They're extremely generous and they have financial planners that are not black. And so they let them spend whatever. And they also steal from them. And what happens when that when that rapper stops rapping or, you know, they, they go cold? What happens when that athlete retires in three to five years? What happens? Y'all know what happens. They go broke on average. 70 to 80 percent of athletes go broke. So, yeah, you got a lot of money. You making six figures, you making seven figures. But if you got high expenses and you don't know how to, you know what I mean? You don't know how to pay your taxes. You don't know how to budget. You don't know how to say no to friends and family when that money stops coming in, but everybody else still got their hand out and you feel guilty because you made it out and everybody making you feel guilty for making it out. And so you feel like you got to, you know what I mean? Impress them or give them whatever, whatever they ask. Then you will be broke. And that's what happens. Due to a lack of generational wealth and a lack of financial literacy. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it don't matter how many millionaires we have, we have too many people in poverty. So as a group, we're not harnessing our power correctly. We're not investing in ourselves correctly to be able to have power, long lasting power. And we get money, but we need wealth. We need assets. We need to buy things that appreciate. We need to be lenders. Turn yourself into a lender. Turn yourself into a bank. Invest and just let the money come in. Passive income. And then we can start to get to where we want to go. shooting at each other and it was like let them do it that audio was pretty disturbing um and this is from episode 351 like we've been saying man they're, they're, they're filming Joe it Button now Podcast. and we're seeing it now and the shocking part about all of this is I mean this can't really be about how much about race is this is how much is this about race if our white allies are being treated like they are black because they stand with us yeah there's, there's a whole lot of different fronts at this point. It, it, it's a race thing. It's a uh, people versus police thing. Mm -hmm. It's a, a, a political thing. There, there's a million fronts. It's capitalism versus the... How much can this be about race if our white allies are being treated like black people? 
That's a great question. Uh, very rational. And here's here's my take on that. This is my idea on that when he says that. Um, what we're what we're watching and what we've been going through as black people is war, constant war, constant violence on the whole continent of Africa. Anyone of African descent in the system of white supremacy is considered a throwaway person and you are considered necessary. You are gas for the engine of white supremacy. Okay. And so we are a human resource, a natural resource that fuels the system of white supremacy. We were brought here for that reason. And we will continue to be we will will be continue to be treated as such. And so racism and white supremacy is big business. OK, it's a lot of money that comes from mistreating people. There's a lot of money to be made when you don't pay people what they're worth. There's a lot of money to be made when you can have free labor through the prison industrial complex. There's a lot of money at stake. And this is a war. Anytime people plan for a war, those at the top, the generals and commanders and such, they project a casualty rate. They know that there's going to be casualties of war. And so all of the white people, all of the so-called allies that are standing with us in solidarity. They're just a part of the projection of casualties of war. They can get it, too. If they want to fuck up the bag, they can get it too. And so for this business, this enterprise, this worldwide enterprise of white supremacy, of mistreating people with color in their skin, this business is going to continue until someone ends those at the top that are per, that are perpetuating this. But but until then, they're going to go business as usual. And they will go to war to be able to keep up their business. They want us to be incarcerated as much as possible so that they can continue to make as much money as possible. And be at the top of society because there's a lot of comfort. There's a lot of convenience that comes with that position. They've worked long, long, too hard to give up their their prized position of being white and everything that comes with that and all the privileges that come with that. And so if you if you other whites want to get it twisted and start fighting against everything that we've done for you, you can get it too. And that's what the system is telling us. That's what the system is showing us. So how it's it's still about race. It's always about race. Because race is a made up thing, but it was made up for a purpose. It's a tool. And it's one of the most refined tools that we've seen that has been used to destroy people and uphold a small section of the population of the world. And give them wealth that they otherwise would not have based upon who they are, where they're from. And the amount of natural resources that their land gave to them. 
So that's my take, Joe. That's my take, everyone that's listening to this. The white allies can get it too. The system will will fight tooth and nail to be able to continue to do what they do. So once again, I appreciate y'all for joining me on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you took away some some nuggets. Um, chew up the meat, spit out the bones. You may not agree with everything, but that's not the point. The point is to listen to different perspectives. Think about it and apply what you can apply. Right. So I hope to hear from you all and see you all Thursday, June 11th. 2020 6 30 p.m pacific the title of the discussion is first and foremost and we're talking about all things injustice when it comes to you know what's going on in america race in america this tension this police brutality really police savagery um these race soldiers that are targeting that have been targeting black and brown bodies specifically black in this conversation um, first and foremost so email me socks and sandals podcast at g at gmail.com and i will send you the link so that you can be a part of this private discussion this live show on zoom this thursday so i will talk to you all i will see you all then and if i don't then i'll holla at you next week grace and peace Thank you.